Hey guys, welcome back to Contest Prep University. I'm Joe Klimczewski with Adam Atkinson. We're in episode three of our series on cultural trends in physique sport. And Adam, let's talk a little bit about the, just the opportunities for competition. Uh, picking up where we left off last time with the organizational evolution. Um, are there more shows now? Are there fewer? Are, are you know different organizations kind of constricting and others expanding? Like what? where do people have the opportunities to compete today where they may not might not have before, and what do you see happening in the years to come? I'm trying to think of what year this was, but my wife came to me and said, "Why are you traveling so much for shows? There used to be a fall and a uh, um, spring season, and that was it. You know, aside from some national contests and." Um, those days are over there. There are so many shows. Um, I think last year alone, I traveled, I think like 44 weeks out of the weekends out of the year. Um, so we, we were gone a lot. There's, there's shows all the time now. So there's really a whole lot of opportunities to compete. A lot of times it becomes very difficult to choose what one we're going to. Um, a couple weeks ago, I had a show in Michigan, three hours away. I had four people in that, four people down at Pittsburgh, same exact distance. So I had to choose one over another. But um, I go to Pittsburgh quite a bit. So I decided to go to Michigan instead because it was my first appearance there for the year. But uh, yeah, there's plenty of opportunities to compete nowadays. So the antithesis of that being a benefit is the fact that now I find that an awful lot of these shows are, are sparsely attended. So I've had a couple of clients go into these shows looking for pro status. And all of a sudden there's only two or three people in their class and they have to, you know, just disallow even a pro card to be given. And so I, w- one of the things that I think could happen, don't know if it will, but I think it, it would probably be a, a big benefit when you think of other sports like pro golf with the Ryder cup nascar and you have a point system and, and, it, and it culminates into something but the, the season is clearly defined and there's there's an end to it there's a, you know some form of championship and i know every organization has that they have you know the the olympia they have the the world championships and they may even have a qualification process, but it's not necessarily linear. It doesn't give a defined season to give you a trajectory to compete. You know, there, there's some benefit to now just having wall-to-wall shows from January 1st to December 31st, more opportunity. But I don't know. I, I just don't see a flow. And in terms of business development and business management, to create community and excitement and tension and conflict and engagement. And, you know, the the kind of things you see at the Olympia, you know, where people are talking about every, you know, all season, who's going to win, who's going to win, who's going to win. You just, you just miss that in, in the sport at large. And and I think an organization who finally takes the step to organize their entire season that way, it's, it's going to be a home run. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I think if shows, promoters talked a little bit more too that would be beneficial because sometimes you look at the map and you're like there's only 150 miles between these two shows so you know who's going to travel where and and like you said sometimes it's split down the middle sometimes you only end up with two people per class due to the other show got a lot more attendees Mm -hmm. 
I wonder if um, if you feel that with, with competition opportunity now, you, you see people trying to understand that and figure out the system in two different ways. Number one, I know this has always been the case, but people who think, okay, I'm kind of a borderline. I, I, I think I'm pro worthy, but I, I need to just compete in as many shows as I possibly can to give myself that chance. Or, hey, this seems to be the weakest pro qualifier. Let me try to sneak in there and get my pro card. Are, are, do things like that hurt organizations? I wouldn't say they hurt, but I do think that there's an up-down trend. Um, you know, usually one year you'll see a show be very large, and then the next year it's small, like it scares people off. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's always certain shows that tend to be ones that bring a lot of good people. Um, but for the most part, you do see those highs and lows. I remember when the Bermuda show came out, um, that was a pro qualifier. That was super small the first year. And then it was pretty large the next year because people saw that as an easy pro card. And then I don't know what happened to it after that because COVID shut it down the next year. But it's going to be interesting to see what happens with that show. So final question on this topic, Adam. Is the fact that there are more opportunities for pro cards now diminishing the status or is it still just the, the, the biggest hunt for everybody? I think there's certain people that say that and they say it's easier. You know, um, I know there's people who have a problem with second place pro cards. But people that say that didn't compete against 40 other bikini athletes. In one, They yeah. were usually in a class of about half that at best. So I have to argue that it's different. Um, secondly, I do think process has diminished, not because the amount of cards given out, just the amount of people that have them now progressively. So, um, and I'll even say this at the Arnold, when you look at the lines for muscle tech and the sponsored athletes, they're not like they were like in the early 2000s. Those lines used to wrap around the Arnold. Now people want to meet their favorite influencer who doesn't go to shows. You know, a lot of these people attend shows, so they get to meet these bodybuilders and um, pro athletes quite often if you attend these shows. But now they want to meet that influencer that's almost untouchable unless you go to the Arnold or the Olympia or something like that. Um, To me, I think as a fan, um, I still respect the pro card and, uh, you know, value it. But I do think, you know, our general audience has maybe uh, watered that down just a little bit. And regardless of that status you hold in your hand on a piece of paper, you still have to show up and and look the part. And so if you're just in, in that, that does wash away, I think, some pros. If, if you just kind of weren't ready and you got a pro card maybe early, that discourages a lot of people. So I, I think that that does kind of self-regulate that process as well. And I guess one thing I want to add to that, the most important thing is what that pro card means to you versus what anyone else thinks you know i've had people who got their pro card relatively easily and uh it wasn't as exciting for me but then i had people who grinded for three four five years and you know you're dropping tears like crazy in the audience when they win um you know every pro card has a different story 
That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, guys, we got two more episodes to go. We're going to talk about some of the personal experiences you can have in the sport and what we think the trends are going to be. So we'll see you next time in Contest Prep University.